Hi, you're listening to Tales from the Jungle, Living with Addiction. This is a podcast written and produced by a mom of an addict, specifically for other families who live with and or interact with an addicted family member. This episode discusses the stress for family members when an addict, their daughter, son, or sibling, is on the brink of death, either through overdosing, lack of nutrition, or just based on their living on the edge lifestyle. It's a discussion about healthy boundaries and when it makes sense to help out or let an addict figure it out. Hi, welcome back. Before we begin, you should know that I'll be discussing death today, and it can be triggering to some people. If this is a concern for you, please exercise self-care when listening. Don't put yourself in a place where you are overwhelmed. We're all at different points in our journeys, and you may even find it helpful to listen to parts at a time. Sometimes it's helpful to stop and think about a concept that resonates with you or addresses something in particular you're struggling with. Today, I want to start with the idea about themes that run from family to family that are very similar, whoever you talk to. The most difficult and controversial one is when when is it healthy to rescue an addict and when do they need to figure it out? And I use the word rescue in a positive way right now, but lots of times when people are talking about addiction and rescuing, it's usually a negative connotation. So I want to make that clear that when I say rescue, it's at a point where a rescue needs to happen. All of us in this situation know there's a very fine line between rescuing and when do you become an enabler and they start manipulating us. I do want to preface this discussion with explaining that I do not take a parent's pain um, lightly. It's very real. It's always a fear out there, and I am highly aware that this is a possibility. That being said, addicts will use this fear to, as a manipulation. They're junkies. If their mouth is moving, they're lying. And so it becomes this psychological warfare between your loved one and, and you, and you're trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do? I mean, what if I ignore it? What if she dies? What, what do I do with that? My husband and I saved Casey, our daughter, so many times that um, we lost count, and we would manipulate her into rehab. The prevailing approach was any way you can get them into rehab was a win, and uh, I'm not so sure that 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 helps. Um, We had this fantasy in our head, especially at the beginning, where all we needed to do was get her into rehab. That was 90% of the way. Once she's there, they're going to fix her. They're going to change her into the daughter that we had always known she had become could become by uh, teaching her why drugs are so bad because obviously she hasn't learned that yet. 
And she's going to come out and say, wow, mom and dad, thanks so much. I really appreciate all you did for me. I really, um, now I want to go to school and become just the stellar daughter that you always knew I had in me. And she would come out and all the fairy dust that was in our heads dissipated. She would meet a boy. They'd go to the halfway house, be there for a little while, and then both relapse. And Rinse and repeat. I mean, this was a cycle that went on and on and on. And every time it would get worse and worse and worse because every time she went through the cycle, the bottom before rehab becomes lower and lower. We found that every, at least I found that every addict has their own internal reasons for not getting clean. Uh, there was a there's a rehab facility called the Clearing, and on their website it says 91 percent of heroin rehab participants who are discharged after successfully completing an opioid detox program report relapsing. Now I know it's just the detox program, but still 91 percent, 59 percent relapse within just a week of discharge. Based on personal observations, I believe this to be true, and I believe it to be true not just of the detox program, but really close to that as far as the full rehab counseling situations go. Uh, there's a lot to be said about rehab facilities. I mean, it's huge, and I'm not saying they're one of the villains, but I don't want to go into that whole uh, discussion right now. I'm going to devote a full episode to talk about halfway houses and rehab facilities later on. But suffice it to say that um, that was one myth in our heads that we really had to dispel. The underlying issues surrounding my efforts to swoop in and save my daughter, I, um, I had to find out. And, and some of those were, did, did I believed that she was incapable? Did I not trust her to be able to do this? Um, I think a lot of her life, I went in and saved her for things. And, and she even pointed out sometimes that she didn't think that I believed she could do it because I felt the need to go in and do it. Maybe when she does it, it's not going to be my way, but she's going to do it her way and she's going to figure it out. But I needed to learn that. One of the ideas was it, because I couldn't stand being out of control. I mean, if I didn't do something, then I'm standing still and I'm not in control of the situation and I'm not out there fixing it and making sure that she's okay. And it's not my issue to control. I have things within my control, but not whether she lives, dies, or chooses to get clean. That is all within her own control. And did she relapse out of her way of taking ultimate control? That way she could say, look, you, this, I know you wanted this, but it's out of your control, and I'm going to tell you how it's going to go. And it's totally within my control. And she was chronologically an adult. She lived on her own, yet I could not disconnect. She couldn't disconnect from me, and I couldn't disconnect from her. We'd talk multiple times a day, and my day depended on what kind of day she was having. That's really, with an addict, that's not healthy. It's just not healthy. And to get healthy, I needed my own recovery, and she had to take responsibility for hers. And was trust what I needed to do, 
what else was involved? How, how do I let her get healthy? Well, it's not about me letting her. She has to choose to do it. But what about my guilt if she died before she got healthy? I mean, what do you do with that? So I have to be brutally honest with this podcast. I know she's going to listen to it, but it's not going to do any good for me to sugarcoat things. And this is reality. That's what all us families go through. And um, so there was the search for how to get healthy. I did the alphabet. I did N-A-A-A, Al-Anon, Narnon. It seemed to me that Narnon and Al-Anon were modeled after the AA and NA models. And the more I participated, the more I began to understand that families of addicts need something different than the addicts themselves. The model for their recovery needed to be tweaked a little bit. Uh, it's so, uh, the, this model works for so many addicts. And it may work for some of the families as well, but they have to be vigilant about finding their own counseling, their own way of recovery and all of that. And if you don't have good resources in the community, if you don't know a good counselor, then it's that much harder. I had done a lot of counseling in my younger years, but I wasn't able to really find a counselor who could help me through this. And so I had to take knowledge that I found out on my own and apply it in the situation and figure out how to get healthier. Um, Some families never get healthy. They just tell stories. And when I was going, these stories would uh, make me start running my own stories in my head, and it became this endless reel that just played over and over and over again. I wasn't getting off the wheel and, and finding a way out. I was just getting more and more caught up in those stories. So the, what I found is that the people who were most unhealthy would keep going to the meetings so they could tell these stories because they were so wound up in them. And the ones who got healthy would end up leaving because they can't help other people. They're, it's not set up that way. For people to offer advice and give help to other families, you have to do it on your own time. And that means both family members have to have time to stay and meet up or do whatever. And who has the time? We're too busy saving our addicts. We don't have time to meet and and take care of ourselves. So I had to figure out how to do it differently and just take information that I had. And I had to think about my own controlling behavior. I had to think about her controlling behavior, our codependency on each other and, and my enabling. And these, these are addiction jargon, and uh, they're difficult to understand, and there's huge concepts behind them. Just enabling itself, I think, is so misunderstood, um, but it, it's different for every person. And I'm going to do a whole episode on enabling because it's s- such a difficult concept, and I think it needs a lot of discussion. And this right now, I'm on a different topic. But... I had to learn about it, and I had to put these things into context so I could start healing myself. myself. But for now, what I'm going to say is that I had to think about what she was willing to do without my manipulation. Um, She had to make her own choices versus what are my choices. Everyone's choices have consequences, and um, so she had to figure that out for herself. 
but my choices included when and how do I speak to her? How do I keep my boundaries? Um, can I provide her money or do I provide her things without strings attached? And how do I do that without enabling her? And how much of what I am going through, how much of my pain do I reveal to her? Does she really care? Is it important to her? Does it make a difference on whether I do that? And is it helpful for either one of us? And also, where and how am I getting help? Um, sometimes, depending on your community, there might be nowhere. You might have to turn inward to get your own help. Find a podcast. Find something. Find a counselor online. Find something who has the background who can help you with the issues you're going through. But we all have to live with the consequences. And I have to say, she died in my head so many times. I planned her funeral. I locked myself away for days at a time. I was angry a lot. And getting healthy is a roller coaster. I pulled away from my husband for months at a time. My being unhealthy was not helpful for me or for my daughter. As I got healthier, I had to find the boundaries of where to limit my contact. Was I healthy enough to talk to her today? If I talk to her, how much can I talk about and where do I need to cut it off? I had to make sure that what I was doing was making me healthier because otherwise, if I'm not healthy, I can't help her. I don't I can't help myself. I need to stay in a healthy place so that she has the option of choosing to get healthy on her own. I've seen lots of families who took other paths to get healthy, and sometimes addicts got healthy on their own. I've seen ones whose families decided they wanted no further contact, and so the addict on their own decided, I'm done. This is it for me. I've got to get healthy, and they do. But that was not my daughter's choice, and I could have walked away and said, no, I'm out, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I do not believe she would have gotten healthy. And that's because of her own issues and her own self-reflection, and she needed to get there. She needed to look at those reasons why. She and I since then have talked about some of it, but that's not what this podcast is about. It's more about what did I do for me and how did I get there? Um, so I don't know. This is really heavy, and it's heavy for you and heavy for me. So it's an ongoing discussion, and we can. I have a Twitter page called Chelsea's Jungle. Um, I guess it's hashtag Chelsea's Jungle. I haven't used Twitter before, so I think that's how it works. But anyway, um, I'm going to practice my own self-care by giving myself space and time for publishing this podcast. So it's going to come out every two weeks on Mondays. But if I didn't scare you off, then you're in the right place. After all, this is why you stop by, right? So um, please, if you found it helpful, please leave a review to, so others can help find it as well. So um, thank you, and we'll talk soon. Music is Riding the Dragon by Movie Theater. Wow.